HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's our first show of 2014. It's January 7th. And I got my wingman, Jimmy Ludwig from the Happy Hour Guys. Hey, Jimmy, great to be here. Thanks, Kelly Taylor from Kelso Porn Beer. And uh, Ben (laughs) Wiley from uh, all these great bars in Brooklyn. Happy New Year. What's the the new bar, Ben? Uh, The new one is called Glorietta Baldy. And it's at 502 Franklin Ave in Bed-Stuy. In Good Brooklyn. God, right. what am I drinking? This is unbelievable. <laughs> Kelly just handed me something, and it's unbelievable. Kelly, what in God's name are you pouring? That, that's our industrial IPA. In, it, it's industrial so, strength? Is that, is so that Yeah, it's 10% alcohol, uh, double IPA. Wow. Oh, it's clean. Cleaning my, cleaning my teeth, too. Resiny. I like that. Ooh. Well, hey, this is uh, Beer Sessions Radio. We're off to a good start, 2014. Uh, our last show, we had a, a great show with... Uh, uh, Jamie and Irene from Full Sail Brewing in Oregon, and uh, we had uh, Mr. Cantwell from uh, Elysian, and uh, that was pretty cool. We wrapped up the year. We had Christmas, New Year's. Uh, any good beers you drank over the holidays, Jimmy? Oh, God, I drank a ton of good beers. As a matter of fact, we're going we're gonna to actually have a little phone call here in a bit to uh, a place where I was drinking. I went all the way to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where I'm from, to a brewery called Black Rocks Brewing. And uh, these guys are making some crazy good beers up there. And I brought some with us today, and we're going to maybe call them in a bit and say hello. But uh, you think it's cold in New York. It's like four times colder there. Literally, it's like colder than the surface. But, but of the four moon. times zero is still zero. Zero. <laughs> I was never good. At, I was never good at math. Just at beer. Well, what about freezing? I, I read a story about that. If you're in like the Packers or one of those Midwestern cold places, you're drinking beer. If you're outside, if it's a certain temperature, the beer could actually turn to slush in your hands. Well, you know what we do, is that true? Jimmy? We go outside when the weather's like this, and we take a pan of water that's room temperature, and you throw it up in the air, and by the time it hits the ground, it's frozen solid. Fun and games in Michigan. That's a Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we call a party. <laughs> so you can tell we've been, so we've been off the air for a couple of weeks. We're, we're loosening up. And Ben, you, you know, you might as well tell us. So what happened at your bar? You, you had like a, all these catastrophes. Yeah, this morning was bit, this morning was a bit of chaos. Um, uh, Mission Dolores. That's our bar over at uh, two forty nine Fourth Avenue. Uh, Park Slope, Gowanus area. Uh, we just had our security gates all frozen, you know, couldn't get those up. Oh, good then God. we had an uh, electrical outage over at Bar Great Harry, our first one, our baby. And uh, so it was just a lot of bouncing back and forth. And then I had to go over to Glorietta, of course, because it's still a young bar, so I'm there every day. So by the time I did all that and then tried to get back home to get back to Bushwick, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Can- yeah. <laughs> you have got like, you know, four of my favorite bars. You got Bar Great Harry, Mission Dolores. Mm-hmm. Uh, then came the Owl Farm. The Owl Farm. Yep. And, and uh, now Glorietta Baldy. Okay. Amazing bars. So, to Thank keep you. us on point, how yeah. do you uh, pick your beers? Because now you've you got 12 taps at Glorietta Baldy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, at a certain point, we had to do a little kind of division of labor. Um, so the bars are kind of run by different uh, – we have different people kind of curating lists. Right now, my brother Mike uh, is doing Bar Great Harry. 
primarily uh, Crimson, the wonderful Crimson over at Mission Dolores, so I know it has a place in your heart, Jimmy. Um, she's a great bartender. Yeah, she's fantastic, and she's uh, doing a lot of the curating over there. Then we have Steven at Owl Farm, who I was on with last time when you let us come here. And at Gloria Debaldi, it's yours truly, me. That's great. So what are some of the, the beers that you have on draft right now? Uh, over at Glorietta right now, we have uh, Bronx Black Pale Ale, which is fun. Uh, I like supporting as much local stuff as I can. And, Drink uh, local, everyone. Drink local. Yeah, and I like seeing more and more kind of black, light-bodied beers, you know? I think I feel like five, six, seven years ago, black beers were all stouts. So now you have a lot of black IPAs and stuff, so that's fun. Uh, Rogue Shakespeare Oatmeal Stout just went up, which is always a good winter yeah, beer. Yeah, that's a great one. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, what else do we have up there? Oh, we got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm told that, that drinking dark beer can actually prolong your life. Is that true, Jimmy? Do you know anything about that? Look at me. I'm 48 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely get pickled. <laughs> I think that's the pickling part. But yeah. Let's I'm make a toast, Kelly. These, these are great beers. I, this is the industrial. Cheers. I love Cheers. it. Cheers. Cheers. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Thanks, everyone. We've, we've got a lot of special guests coming on tonight. Give a big shout-out once again. Uh, GreatBrewers.com is our sponsor on Heritage Radio Network. And uh, go to .com. Uh You can be a member. You get a lot of benefits, including invitations to special parties and things. And tomorrow night we're doing an industry night at Jimmy's number 43. And uh, we're going to talk we're gonna talk to Kelly about how he got started as a brewer because in the old days he worked in the, in the Pacific Northwest with ancient equipment. Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> yeah. and and we're going to go on from that and talk a little about New York City Beer Week, which uh, Kelly is a big part of. So, Kelly, let, let's, let's dive into this. So we, we've known you for a while. Right. Uh, we know you in New York, Kelso, Heartland Brewing. You're, you're one of the, I would say, are you the, the, the top brewer in New York in terms of... Oh, definitely. You're, you're making... <laughs> <laughs> Great question. I didn't say it, but, you know, if you're going to bring it up. I believe that's what we call in the industry a softball. <laughs> softball. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I've been brewing here for a while. Um, I've been brewing in uh, New York City since 2000. Uh, but, you know, I got my start in brewing in San Diego, not in the Pacific Northwest. I, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Went to college in San Diego, got a job down there brewing. Um, back when there was one brewery. In yeah. San Diego. In San Diego. Jeez. Yeah, Carl Strauss Breweries, uh, downtown Columbian B. Uh, and then uh, that's kind of exploded <laughs> down yeah, there. A little bit. That's yeah, kind of a, a yeah, epicenter a little, of beer in this country, right? But, you know, and I was basically brewing uh, for free beer. Uh, you know, I was like, I was not, I didn't really want to make money at it. I just wanted to offset my majority cost besides tuition was beer. So I started brewing to uh, as a financial thing to get free beer and then, I realized I could actually make money doing it and uh, continue to do it, move back home and all that stuff. So what, what kind of <clears throat> systems did you work on back then? Tell us, just give us, you know, that was what, 20 years ago? Yeah, something like ago. that. Something it was like that. Uh, 20, <laughs> 24 years ago at this point. Uh, but, you know, there were uh, the most interesting systems were when I, when I moved back home and uh, up, up north of Seattle. And there was this uh, guy that just had gotten elected mayor of my hometown and he had a pizza place and he just had a son. And uh, he was putting a brewery in the basement of his pizza place, and it was a it was a five barrel system that was handcrafted by an engineer from Boeing, and uh, it wasn't really a brew system; it was just a bunch of stainless steel stuff kind of thrown together uh, <laughs> with a heater under it. <laughs> and he said, uh, "Hey, why don't you brew here? I can't brew because I'm now mayor and I have a, t a new uh, son." So um, I, I brewed there, and he couldn't pay me because he just spent all of his money campaigning, and he's a politician. I, I can't pay you today, but I'll pay you later. <laughs> and uh, so, But uh, I had pizza and beer all summer long and a reference from the mayor <laughs> on, this, on this gig. And I got to know this Boeing engineer pretty well and we, you know, building the system out and getting it, getting it working pr uh, correctly. We had to use the, the mash tun was also the keg cleaner. So we'd mash in, clean everything out, get the boil going and clean out the mash tun and put chemical in there and recirculate and clean kegs over the <laughs> mash tun. And it was about a, it was about a, uh, a four foot high ceiling in there and I'm six two. So I got, I got all these pictures of me. Look, I kind of look like a, we were talking about game of Thrones earlier. Indeed, I kind of look indeed. like, like a hobbit or something. That's a different, I know I'm, I'm mixing up my medieval. <laughs> you're, you're, you're all over in the fantasy I know, world. You know, right whatever now. you get the idea though, yeah. you know, I was just kind of crouched around in a boiling system in the basement of this, Pizza place in Muckleteal, Washington. It's all very random. Muckleteal, just outside of Seattle. Yeah, just outside, just yeah, north. I of went there. to school yeah. up there. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. Well, it's the home of Boeing up there. That's right. He was a Boeing engineer. As I lots, said, of, so. lots of gearheads around. You've been everywhere, man. I've been a couple places, baby. Yeah, a couple places. Yeah. Hey, exactly. Kelly, uh, had you gone to school for brewing? 
No, I, my, my degree was international business and Russian and Eastern European studies with a minor in Japanese. Get out of here. Oh, I, yeah. uh, I studied Japanese all through college, and oh, I got yeah. my master's degree in Japan. Oh, excellent. So, yeah. which, which don't, don't quiz me on Japanese. And you know, better in these Russian. guys are telling the truth. Oh, it's actually Buddha Day. All of this qualifies you perfectly for the world of craft Did beer. you really? You studied <laughs> Japanese? Yeah. Yeah, See, and then I lived, over, I lived over there for five years. I was a translator interpreter. No kidding. All, of course, wasted now because I don't wow. use it at all. Oh. Uh, th- I spent two years in Yokohama, which is just south of Tokyo, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. and then three years in the northwest in a place called Fukui, which is like saying you're from Michigan. Right. Uh-huh. Do you know that the Happy Hour guys actually shot an episode where we climbed Mount Fuji and drank a Japanese craft beer at the summit of Mount Fuji? That is, I, I climbed Fuji. Well, I didn't know that. That's awesome. I climbed Fuji, too, and I drank a can of hot coffee out of a vending machine at the top. That's exactly Fuji. what you did. Because <laughs> wow, you're I gotta get up there. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, really the, old, cool. the old saying is the, the, a wise man climbs Mount Fuji once, a fool and climbs it twice. <laughs> yep. I think that's true for any mountain. <laughs> coming down much harder than going up. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so, so there what, you go. When you worked at this place, what's the, what was the town called? The Muska something? Muckleteo. Come on, man. <laughs> Muckleteo. <laughs> Muckleteo. Like it's from the Game of Thrones or something. No, nah, you know, it's a it's native tribe for good meeting place, meaning that's kind of where... where that's where the pizza and beer is. Come yeah, on. that's where the pizza and beer what is. What beers exactly. are you making at this pizza and beer place? Oh, you know, whatever I could make, they didn't have any temperature control. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, our temperature control consisted of rolling the Grundy into the keg room, and that was basically how it, it all worked. But we did a couple Belgian ales, a couple uh, Irish reds uh the owner of the place was brian sullivan a uh, good irish uh, fellow so um he, he was really big into the ales and, and it was just it was really loose some golden ales a couple ipas um the, a new brewery had o- opened up down the street when i was building this place out called uh, diamond Knot, uh, beer company which is a pretty widely recognized uh brewery in the pacific northwest as, yeah. as having as yeah. having resuscitated uh, hop uh, d- double ipas and things of that nature yep. so in some ways, this IPA is a, kind of a salute to the beers that they've been doing for over 20 years. Were those the beers that like sort of started your palate going, or was it the beers that you tasted down in San Diego? I mean, where did you where did you sort of cut your teeth with well, your palate? Well, really, you know, it, it, in the Pacific Northwest in the early 90s, it was all about um, a couple of different things. It was about uh, the, the wheat beers, uh, Widmere Hefeweizen, Pyramid Hefeweizen, the American wheat beers with the yep. lemon in them. Those were the big sellers. And uh, and then the IPAs were were really starting to develop their 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 hold, and the hops were getting big and prevalent. And uh, but I, I wasn't really stunned by beer until I started working at Pyramid that had just merged with Thomas Kemper downtown Seattle, and I started working with those guys in it's like ninety three ninety four something like that. And uh, and I was I was just amazed by the craft loggers that Thomas Kemper was wow, doing. Yeah. And doing the Bohemian Dunkel, this dark, rich, chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winter lager was this really nice, robust, chocolatey, but just clean and dry. Finished really clean. And just, just beautiful and, and subtle and very, very subtle. And um, that's what I try to do today. Most of my Kelso beers that I do, besides this double IPA that we've got in front of us, <laughs> most of the beers that I try to do are Pilsner, our nut brown lager, our winter lager, our recessionators, a Doppelbach. Um, they're all geared towards that style that's really something that that uh, amazed me is a craft lager is more than you know a budweiser or a stella or something oh, like that or rainier rainier is a big pacific northwest rainier olympia beer. you know Oli. Yeah. that's the capital of washington state is olympia so it's also one of the most weird really it's crappy a, tasting beers in the world a terrible beer. <laughs> terrible beer. beer do you remember uh, the old red hook brewery in fremont oh yeah you've been there yeah the trolleyman pub yeah. i used to live uh four blocks from there in grad school my uncle laid the floor at that place are you kidding me i'm kidding so mid 90s i'm going yeah. there and i'm po- i'm so poor because i'm in high I'm, I'm in i'm in school and uh, you go to the bar i had high take, <laughs> i had taken i had taken that tour so many times because there was a free tasting at the end of the tour that they they'd see me coming and they'd say no you well, you know, it's funny. What is that, 94, 95? This is 92. 92, okay, because uh, when Sonia, my wife, the other half of Kelso, when she moved out there from D.C., she's from New York, went to school in D.C., she moved out to Seattle for a little while. She was giving tours at that pub for about a year. Wow. But that was in 94. 94. Is, you know, so I had moved to New York. I was here. But, you were here already. Yeah. yeah. So wow. then she, uh, she left that place because they wouldn't let – Washington State is very, very strict on its liquor control laws. And, uh, for example, this is a, a, a pub, a brewery, and uh, they have a no uh, under 21 policy, as you would imagine. And they were making her kick families out that had infants with them. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Washington State. It's very like, nope, they're under 21. She's like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> this is 
this is a problem. <laughs> no, there's no environment for babies. Shut, come on. <laughs> you know, listen up a little bit. But wow. it's, it's kind of how Washington State was. It's not like you're feeding a lot of beer to the child. Just a little bit so they sleep. I have to say that I've tried your I've tried your loggers and they really do follow up where you were pointing at when you when you sort of cut your teeth. You know, they yeah. they you have some really flavorful beers that finish extremely clean. You know, yeah. it's it's just you. Well, no, and, you know, and we the first beers I had I had your nut brown ale, but that, that is a great the so lager, nut brown lager, nut brown lager, nut brown lager, and, and chocolate lager too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that the is chocolate a great lager, beer. which I changed the name to the winter lager. The chocolate lager would go out, and people were like, "Oh, I don't know if I want a chocolate beer." We don't add chocolate to it. It was mm-hmm. it's just chocolate malt, uh, caramelized malt. It gives a bittersweet chocolate kind mm-hmm. of flavor, but it's nice and clean. People would see chocolate in the name, they wouldn't order it. So the, the next year, well, so for example, I did sixty kegs one year, and it was a little rough to sell it all. The next year, we sold that sixty kegs in two weeks. Wow! When I changed it to winter lager, to winter lager, yeah. winter yeah. lager. You know, uh. so it's the same beer. Marketing. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just people just – chocolate sounds heavy, so they don't order as much, you know. Huh. So, Kelly, you kind of started with a love of, like, lagers, recognition of good, well, well-made lagers. Right. How do you feel? Because um, kind of being in the scene now for five, six, seven years mm-hmm. and seeing it, I feel like uh, appreciation for those um, – what used to be maybe regarded as, like, base beers like Pilsners and, and lagers is really kind of coming to the fore. And sure. lower ABV, you know, you see a lot of, like, four percenters, three percenters now and kind of easy-drinking, clean – like the yeah. art of that nuance, you know, yeah. I feel like has really come to the fore, and it's yeah. something that I love, and and you know, I've always loved. So I don't know. Do you feel like it's? Oh, you definitely. Feel happy about that? Yeah, I feel def- definitely happy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Light lagers have always been popular. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, but just in interesting structured and, yeah, yeah. Uh, light lagers. I mean, Brooklyn Brewery's been doing uh, lagers for years, and they've been on the forefront of that for you know a couple decades, really. Um, but but it, when you start getting into the the brown lagers and the chocolate lagers and the winter lagers and and um, even with even in the IPA world, you're starting or in the in the in the ale world, you're starting mm-hmm. to see sessionable beers and beers that are down three and a half to four and a half percent. Even was it uh, Evil Twin does a two and a half percent IPA beer? Yep. Bikini beer, it's or delicious. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I was referring to. Yeah, lady, so you're seeing a lot ales. more like interesting, crafty. Uh, uh, a full flavor like spectrum, yeah. smoke, not just like gold smoke pilsners and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're packing just, and they're a ton of flavor into a low ABV beer. It's mm. really mm. yeah, it's a, and it's just and just thing. taking the and just being nuanced about it. And nuances is, is incredibly important in beer, I think, because that's 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 where beer is is headed. It's not a blow to the head. It's not the the sours are great, the double IPAs are great, but that's that's going to always be, I think, a periphery. And you really need to focus on the core, which is sessionable and easy and something you can drink and have have uh, have fun with. All right. Hey, how, how do we sign off in, in Japanese? We're going to take a short break. What do you say in Japanese? Uh, uh, I guess you could just say, Jane. Jane? Yeah. All right. All right. Jane. We'll uh, <laughs> take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Station Radio. All right. <laughs> You are listening to Weaving by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. So, you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're psyched to be in 2014. We've got a great show tonight. First, thanks to our sponsors, GreatBrewers.com. Thank you so much for supporting us and for supporting Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we've got Kelly Taylor from Kelso, uh, Jimmy Ludwig, the Happy Hour Guys, and Ben Wiley from uh, Glorietta Baldi and Bar Great Harry. So, um, Ben, you've been all over the place. I... Uh, I just learned that you and, Ke- and Kelly had both studied Japanese. 
I talked forever. I knew that you had been a pastry chef, and I said, yeah. "Wow, there's so many cool bar owners that were went to cooking school or were chefs." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but now you're saying that you need to study Japanese too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it helps, I guess. I mean, everything makes you a little more well-rounded. Um, yeah, just a lot of experiences, and uh, you know, studying, going abroad is always uh, fantastic. Absolutely. Actually, I didn't even study abroad much. I was studied for three months, but then I moved over there and lived over there. I don't think anybody that goes abroad studies abroad, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, you get so much. Uh, I don't know. You just get very well rounded, especially me. I don't think I had ever been out of New Jersey for more than about a week until I went to Japan. So, that was but pretty, when you yeah. go overseas, it really changes your it changes your perspective on so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. When I was in Tokyo a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the craft beer scene there they're a couple of years behind us. But yeah. they're exploding right now. You yeah. know, they're just they're finding out, and they've they've had these sort of paradigms for centuries with yeah. craft sake. But yeah. now doing it with with barley, it's a whole different thing. And well, it's really fun to see that. Yeah, uh, slightly ironic because when I was there, um, the term well, so right now in the in Japanese language, the term for craft beer is is uh, you, you would say gbiru, gji, gbiru, yeah. and that term what didn't even exist. When I was there, like that, just you know, of course, the word biru did, which means beer. Yeah, but that kind of construction for craft beer didn't even exist because there really there was only hirachino was indeed around back then, but it was so kind of small and craft at that time. I didn't even know about. Well, it. Well, we know uh, that uh, Mr. Mr. Kayuchi, the Kayuchi yeah. Brewing was it was sake. They were sake mm-hmm, makers mm-hmm. for generations. That's right. That's right. And only in whatever I think the eighties did he start making beer. Mm, 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 mm. So Kelly, uh, are we still well, drinking like your? I said that in Japanese. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going right so back to where so <laughs> he's completely back. He's in country. Kelly, are we still drinking your um, industrial IPA right there? Hi. 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 Use the Japanese. Uh-oh. So yeah. Uh, or Mr. Uh, Jimmy I want, Ludwig, I want you're from talk, Michigan. I want to talk a little bit. Let's yes. go back. Come on, we're going so, back. I just want to, first. I want to say that the happyhourguys.com. Thank you. The Happy Hour Guys <laughs> have gotten even cooler in 2014. You should you should swing by the website and check out what we're doing. There's some really cool stuff going on. We started a documentary series. Really excited about that. And yes, I am from Michigan. A lot of my craft beer sort of uh, upbringing started there, and I was just there for a bit. And Bell's. Bell's Brewing, which is, uh, you know, they started in Michigan in 1984, I believe. Literally, Larry Bell stirring in a soup tureen on his, uh, you know, his kitchen stove. Um, and now they're this juggernaut, and they're coming to New York, right? So, Bell's so wh- why is it such a big deal? Uh, I, I just think that there are a lot of, I mean, if you talk to, like, Dave, Dave Ciancio, who is at, you know, Idle Hands Bar and a couple other places... Um, he's from Michigan. Oh, the Rev. The Rev. Yeah. Yes. The Rev. <laughs> like the Burger Conquest. That sounds man. familiar. <laughs> yeah. Rev. Rev Ciancio. These guys, you know, for all of us, this is where we found craft beer. You know, you went into a bar and they were serving Oberon, you know, and you were like, what is, oh, that's a strange name for a beer, you know, and it's just sort of, it's, everybody has their gateway beer, the craft beer that opened them up to everything else. And, mm-hmm. and Bell's, for people in the Midwest, Bell's was the, the beer that really sort of cracked it open for a lot of people. And they do some amazing seasonal releases. They do Hop Slam, which is kind of crazy. Everybody loves to try that. Um, some really wonderful, solid releases. And they're bringing the whole portfolio out here. And, and Laura Bell, who is Larry's daughter, who now is one of the VPs and heads up the marketing, told us about a year ago, I don't know if we're going to make it into New York. We'll make it to New York State. Well, somebody convinced them, and, and they're coming. So Bell's, uh, I'm from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is way, way up north. And uh, <laughs> yes, not on the hand. When everybody says the hand, not on the hand. And um, Bell's actually just bought a tract of land up there and is going to start a, a satellite company called Upper Hand Brewing and uh, start brewing beer up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And you would think this would be a place that's like a craft beer desert. It isn't. I was just up there in a little town called Marquette, and there's a, there's a brewer there called Black Rocks, and they're making amazing beers. And they, they had a three-year plan, and they went through it in like six months because <laughs> the community just could not get enough of their beer. They can't make it fast enough. So we see, I mean, as the, hap- the happier guys travel, we, we're all over the place, but we see this in every community all over the country, and I'm, you guys probably have other places that you know about where a brewer will just come to town and start brewing, and all of a sudden the whole community just wakes up and says, wait, this, is, this tastes amazing. I, I want more of this, please, more of this. And that's kind of what, what Bells did for much of the Midwest. We know the week of February 10th, Bells is coming to New York. Um, we're going to have an event, I think, on February 11th. At Jimmy's number forty three, are you guys going to get? Uh, uh, well, at all four of the bars, yeah, we we have the entire portfolio covered across the bars, uh, and I think it's maybe th- 
two or three at each bar. So yeah, we went in heavy. I mean, when we started, Bell's was one of those kind of a mythical, you know, brewery to, about, to New York bar owners. People ask about it all the time. Yeah, and I'm always like, well, who cares about Bell's? We, there's so many other great breweries that we have. Uh, for some reason, in, in New York, anyway, five, six, seven years ago, it was like Bell's and Yards. You know, yeah. and if you had a friend who was going to Philly or something, PA, you know, you'd get him to bring back a sixth. Old. And or, if you're going to I've Michigan, heard these stories. Same thing. You know, yeah, and. Um, so I don't know. To see bells come in is, is uh, as a bar owner, it's pretty pretty interesting. It's know? it's really fun, and and it's you know they they worked so hard in in the Midwest to, you know, to put their product in in bars that really you know to work hard to put a line in there like a dedicated line that is mm. a bell's line mm. you know and mm. that's that's going to be where our beer is and nobody was doing that back in the day you know they really kind of led the charge for a lot of people and I think that's part of it you know mid eighties is. That's pretty early to be on the craft beer wave, uh, in, especially in the Midwest, where people are like, oh, "Craft beer? What's that?" You know, I just I don't know what that is. I got my other beer here. I don't know what that is. You know? So, <laughs> what are some other Michigan? We know founders. I, I absolutely got a lot of founders. founders. What are some other Michigan breweries that, that people would great? Know? Uh, Shorts Brewing is one of the sort of holy grail kind of. They do some crazy cool stuff. Shorts Brewing, Dark Horse Brewing, Atwater, which is in downtown Detroit, Arbor Brewing in Arbor in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, this uh, founder, I mean, founders is huge. Founders just gets bigger and bigger all the time. Um, we've uh, we, <laughs> Jimmy, did you bring some Michigan beer for us? I did. I actually brought two cans. Let's pour it out. Come all on. All right, I brought two cans of uh, from Black Rocks. Actually, they have a coconut brown that they've won a bunch of awards with, and they have a great IPA called Fifty One K. Both these guys are cross country skiers, and they do these Fifty K races. Yeah, which one should we try first? What do you say? We go with Fifty One K. Here it all is. Right. Coconut right. sounds scary. And uh, you're, so you you have a friend on the phone right now too. So oh, excellent. Well, uh, let's T- talk us through it, Jimmy. All right, so it's Jimmy and Jimmy. Hey, hey who, uh, guys, are you with us? Hey, hey, it's Andy. This is Andy Langloy, who is one of the owners of Black Rocks Brewery, and Dave Manson, are you there? Dave is also here, but uh, I just have my iPhone here, so <laughs> the speakerphone's not so hot. Gotcha. So uh, we, were, we were told to just do... Uh, Andy... So I'll answer a few questions, and then I'll pass it to David. Right on. Andy, Andy tell us a little bit about... You guys got started about, what, three years ago? Yeah, we did. Uh, December twenty eighth, we uh, three years ago we started up and and in Marquette, in Marquette, Michigan, and you had a three year plan. How long did it take? I mean, you were kind of in a craft beer desert there in Marquette. How long did it take to sort of blow through that three year plan? Well, you know, I, I don't know if we really had a plan other than to get things up and up and rolling. And you know, we started with a really small one barrel system, and God, we were just hoping that we would. Uh, you know, sell what we could and, you know, a handful of fermenters, and and <laughs> we did, like, the first night, so we ended up uh, starting that progression towards uh, growing into a, you know, eventually 10 one-barrel fermenters, so a three-barrel, and, you know, three years later now, we're, we're putting out cans and bomber bottles out of our 20-barrel uh, system, 40-barrel fermenters, and it's, uh, things are rolling in the right direction. It's been a lot of fun. Things are rolling big time. We're trying your 51K IPA right now, and I must say, what what does oh, the room think of the 51K? Are people liking this? Yeah, it's very tasty. It's nice. Yeah, nice. Lots of hops. Now, I'm told that there is, I'm not going to divulge your secret, Andy, but I know you told me there is a quote-unquote secret hop in this particular beer. <laughs> you don't have to tell us the name, but well, you can tell us a little bit about when that. You're, when, when you're one of the little guys, you don't really get all the all the Gucci hops right off the bat, and we're not contracted out. And, and Gucci quite makes honestly, hops? you know, we we grew we grew at a grew at a rate that we were uh, um, a little surpassed where we thought we'd be at this point. In fact, we're farther than far way farther than we thought we'd be at this point. So, uh, the fact that we came up with a solid IPA kept, it was a lot of research on our smaller systems and. Um, you know, we found some good, good, solid standby hops to go with. Uh, so basically, nuggets, basically, and and that, and then we actually uh, we we did do some more research on another hop, but I'm not going to even say what it is until we uh, <laughs> don't you dare it out. Don't you dare! I don't. I don't. I don't, don't you sure dare say that. More of it. But what I love is that you guys are, it's ingenuity. You, you didn't have, because of people contracting out for hops, you didn't have certain things available. So you sort of put your palate and your nose to work and you created something that I, I, I think this is a very yeah, solid, lovely IPA. And uh, you put well, something thanks, together that's really yeah. good. Jimmy, you, let's talk to yeah. his, his other guy, the buddy. Yeah, hand us over to What's Dave. Up, so we can't hear everything on the, on the phone. <laughs> What's that? Hand us over to Dave, will you? Oh, sure. Yeah, here's David. All right. 
And we know it, it's always great talking to you guys. We, we, we can't hear you as well as we wish we could. Yeah. But um, so we're just trying to you know, you, get your voice. Do you want to try a different line or do you just want to try no, a different line? No, this is going. We got, hey, Dave, this is Dave Manson, who's the we other need, co-owner. What we need, Jim, is we need more of their beer. You know? Oh, we can do that. We just Dave, went through that can. And Dave, we're going we're gonna to pour the, uh, the, the coconut brown. Tell us a little bit about the coconut brown. Well, you know, I think uh, when when we had the ability to, to utilize the small brewing system and and with the amount of beers that we had to produce just to keep our doors open, you know, we wanted to stretch and, and kind of do things that were a little different, a little more, uh, you know, I mean, these are crazy avant-garde ideas, but just things that we said, hey, you know, we've got a, a barrel to play with. What would we want to do? And, and I can't even remember if it was uh, our head brewer or, or, or Andy and I just mulling around, but you know, I've always been a fan of coconut, and I hadn't really seen a lot of it around in different beers. I know uh, Maui has one in uh, Porter yep. format, um, and we just kind of felt that the, uh, the that brown combination of that kind of that sweet maltiness mixed with that coconut might come through pretty well. And uh, I'm proud to say it did. It, it kind of almost tastes like a Mounds Bar when you're we're, drinking yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're tasting it here yeah, in, the, just, in the studio just right now. I was thinking it tasted like a Mounds Bar, because yeah. oddly enough, I had a Mounds Bar the other day. I never eat candy. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a Mounds Bar the other day. Somebody brought them to the brewery. And, uh, yeah, I just tasted it. I was like, wow, this tastes like a Mounds Bar, which is Quite, quite interesting. I it like is. It. Yeah. You it could is. Uh, you could reduce that and kind of drizzle it over ice cream or something. You absolutely could. Oh yeah, or you should actually add it to like a roast and just kind of have it simmer inside of a piece of steak for a while. Ooh, there you happen. go. There you go. I you know I must I got to ask this question in Marquette, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula. What was the temperature this morning? How cold was it? Uh, well, this is our second uh, what we call a cold day for the kids. They already canceled tomorrow. Our, our temperature this morning was, with wind chill, probably around 20 below. Eh, that's not so bad. <laughs> no, they're a bunch of wimps. We used to walk both ways to school uphill with our shorts on in that weather. <laughs> so Michigan. So um, in Michigan, what are some beers that you were exposed to You know that, that helped inform you and, and you know make you want to be a brewer? Sure. Yeah, and you know, obviously... Um, you know, the craft revolution hit here relatively early, I think, with uh, Larry Bell and Bell's Brewery kind of getting things going. And, you know, I, I had what's now Oberon. I used to drink Soul Sun in, in college, and it was just kind of a unique, non-traditional beer. When even then the options were limited, you know, if you were having a, uh, you know, if you were having a, uh, Sam Adams, that was like the most amazing, crazy beer you could ever try in, in the Midwest. And so, you know, Bell's brought it through and kind of even passed some, some legislation to, to get brewers the ability to start and, and go, you know, get going. Um, obviously, Founders has been a great inspiration to us. Shorts has been a, a really big inspiration to us as both, uh, you know, brewers as well as, as, as beer drinkers. Um, they, they definitely push the envelope on a macro scale and create some very unique recipes and yeah, they're not all going to hit but they're, they're not afraid to try so that's great it, it, you know um one thing i know that um our buddy greg hall from formerly a goose island uh he's gone into michigan where he set up his uh, virtue cider uh making area um i know yep. that what i know about michigan we want to try to sum, summarize it yeah i know that michigan's really good with its agriculture they they promote you know there's a lot of fruit growers so i know i know that's a good place to go if you want to make cider or something now is michigan really behind um you know these new smaller breweries as a state uh, as a state absolutely yeah. um we've got an amazing brewers guild that is uh, uh i would say a juggernaut of promotion for even when we were a a one barrel brewery to you know as high as uh, as founders i mean they're, they're really advocating you know, getting people to get out and try their local beers, whether they're in their own backyard or if they're just, uh, you know, a small UP brewery like ourselves. So um, the, the state, any state has problems legislatively and, and dealing with, uh, you know, alcohol and, and dealing with the state government. But by and large, they they kind of kept a hands-off approach and, and let the industry flourish. Because it's not only just creating jobs for you know, the on-site production and, and the pubs, but it's a real generation of, of people coming in from out of the state to, to tour through all the different breweries that Michigan has to offer. And I know they, they do that in Moskire. Yeah, they do all over Wisconsin, that. But a lot in Colorado and, yep. and, and yeah, out yeah. west. So. Absolutely. Hey, uh, it's, it's, Dave it's and Andy, guys, I'm, I'm just going to cut you guys off. Sorry, but 
Uh, it's Black Rocks Brewing. Jimmy, Black Rocks Jimmy, Brewery. Thanks for uh, it's in Marquette, Michigan. Yep. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. We really appreciate it. A lot of great stories hey, out maybe there. Maybe we'll be at Jimmy's Forty Three someday. Well, you maybe <laughs> next week. <I> don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. We got hey, our guys. great. Thanks, man. We got a great thanks, group Dave. here, Jimmy Ludwig. Uh, thanks, talk about Michigan. We, there are a lot more stories that. You have for us, Jimmy, I'm sure. Oh, God, okay. And, and it's funny, he, 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 he read from your script, man. He was like, I like Bells, I like Bells, Oberon. But, um, you, did you, you give really, him the script, They don't, they don't let did, him out of Michigan unless I, they yeah. can recite that. Yeah, I did not, honestly, I did not coach this man. But uh, you think about it. I mean, Larry Bell started brewing in 1984, and there really wasn't anybody else in the entire, within six states, doing anything close to that at that Let time. me give you my Bells recap. Okay, so for years, and any time I talk to certain people that like beer, they're like, oh, yeah, you've got, you know, Rush and River. That used to be what everyone asked for, and everyone wants, you know, heady topper. But then now, the last few years, everyone's like, oh, do you guys have bells? You have bells. And I'm like, well, I don't really, never had it, and I don't know where the phenomenon came from. But now that I talk to you guys, you're all brainwashed. It's like <laughs> bells and Oberon. And then they're like, oh, bells is coming to New York in February. So, hey, Jimmy's number 43, Bar Great Harry, Mission Dolores. These are places to get bells uh, starting the week of February 10th, so it's going to be awesome. Right hey, we're taking a short break. We're all back from Christmas vacation, and, uh, we're all loopy as hell, but <laughs> got a great crew in the session of Beer Sessions Radio, Heritage Radio Network. Right all right. Woo! You are listening to Kill Me in the Summertime by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit Heritage Radio Network.org today. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, you know, New York City Beer Week is coming up at the end of February. But before you get to that, uh, one of my favorite happenings is the Homebrew Alley, which is sponsored by the New York City Homebrewers Guild. And uh, it's in its fifth year, I think, and it, it went from having a handful of submissions to over 500. Jimmy's number 43 is one of the drop-off wow. locations. No, it's crazy. Over 500? And, you know, what, what used to be New York City Homebrewers Guild was the only homebrew, and there was Malta Malted Barley Appreciation, or whatever it was. Yeah, Malted Barley Appreciation yeah. Society. Society. Yeah. Wow. And now there's like, you know, close to 10 homebrew groups in New York City. But um, that's the brief intro is uh, there's a great group also called Just Food at Just Food. And um, every year we donate to them a special package. And the package this year was Craft Beer Day. And uh, Liz and, and Chris Frank, Frank. thank you, uh, <laughs> paid over $4,000 uh, in the auction for Just Food. To be here, so you know. Anyways, but it, it turns out he's a homebrewer too. So we're trying to. He's in the New York City Homebrewers Guild, so we're all buddies. Um, Stumbling over words, but the homebrew alley is a very cool thing, and and it's kind of like this core underpinning the the craft beer scene is all these great homebrewers. Absolutely. Whether they're coming to you know some some of your great bars in Brooklyn or you know hanging out at Kelso or you know. But my head brewer competes in homebrew alley. Does he? No which, kidding. Which, uh, which yeah. one? Who's your head brewer now? Pete Salmon. Pizza head yeah, brewer. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had him on the show before. Yeah, Pete's awesome. Yeah. He's a great home brewer, and I don't understand. I keep telling him, I was like, I think you should be disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> How is that even possible? But he brews it at home, you know. Sounds like shit. Which I think he's got a problem. If he's I, I have to say this one thing that, that the Happy Hour guys, we, we did our, our we, we do a traditional looking back every year, looking back on, on the previous year where we've been. And this last year we did, uh, we started a documentary series, and the first installation is called Beer Heroes. And all the, we sort of asked the same set of questions of everybody that we talked to in the last year. Who were your beer heroes? Who were the people that sort of got you into brewing? And home brewing is the, the, the continual, it's, it's in every single conversation. Everybody says, well, and then I started home brewing. Or, or my buddy was home brewing. And it's just, it's, 
I mean, wh- yeah. when did when did Jimmy Carter sign that into law? That was in 1975. 79. 79. 79 yeah. That changed everything. That's when it that's when it tipped over because people started brewing at home. They started brewing for their friends, and then they went, "Hey, maybe I can make a maybe I can make a business out of this. Maybe I can make this work." No, and, and check out if you haven't read Tom Acatelli's Audacity of Hops. It's one of the first histories of the American craft beer movement. It starts with the 70s and yep. uh, all that stuff. But we got Liz and Chris Frank. So you guys, welcome to the show. I want to thank you guys for supporting Just Food. It's, it's a New York City homegrown, you know, uh, food nonprofit. I know Liz, you're part of a Just Food sponsored CSA. That's right. And uh, we do every once in a while for some charity events. We donate. You get a chance to come sit on the show. So if you're out there listening, you you can come on the show if you uh, follow things like Just Food and Charity Buzz and some other things. Um, but it, it turns out that Chris, so you're a home brewer. And uh, right now we're drinking one of your beers. So tell us about the beer you made. Sure. I've been brewing for uh, two years now. Uh, this is a uh, a local Brooklyn hopped uh, wet Cascade Saison uh, French 3711 yeast. So it's very smooth. There's not a lot of crazy Belgian flavoring. Um, <clears throat> I have a friend in the 615 Garden uh, in Park Slope who is responsible for the Cascade giant that's growing over there and we he's growing cascade hops in brooklyn he that's amazing he actually found it there there was a previous there was a previous person at the garden who had been tending this cascade bush Uh, it's not a trellis or anything they're not they're not vine vines or anything they're it's a massive bush uh and i was lucky enough to i bought i bought everything he brought the hops so it was uh, it was Amazingly, for how smooth this is right now, it was a three-pound uh, wet hop edition, uh, kind of dogfish uh, style. Every five ten minutes, there was another ounce thrown in. Uh, Ten-gallon brew, dry uh, uh, DME mostly. It was it was mostly extract. It was not a. Uh, it's it's a, it's a nice beer actually. It's really very like very it. it's smooth. A lovely beer. Yeah. Thank you for bringing and it. Thanks you guys and for supporting Just Food at Just Food. Check them out on Twitter. Um, they're really awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining the conversation now. So Kelly, you you know you're you're a part of the scene leading to New York City Beer Week. You know you you started your roots were you know your brewer in the West Coast came to New York. Um, I meant by saying you're you're the top brewer, but really where you work, yeah. I mean you 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 make a lot of beer for a craft brewer. We do make a lot of you beer. You are yeah. a we're professional. You know we're doing about master. overall we're doing about twenty thousand barrels out of there. I about. call that a ridiculous amount of beer. What's all, it's not actually. We should not. see how much Bell's does. <laughs> they, what if they, if they if their new system if, or their new facility? If they top it out, it's eight hundred thousand a year. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> that's a ridiculous amount. But we're doing a lot of beer in New York City. I mean, yeah. a lot of it is Kelso. A lot of it is Heartland Brewery. We're also doing Empire Brewing Company beer as well. And you also you, you sometimes make beers for other breweries. We have in the like, past that we've yeah. we've uh, kind of pared it down and we're expanding the Kelso uh, d- distribution footprint. So we've uh, eliminated some of the contracts tracks let them kind of go their own way and we started uh, canning doing the ca- uh, craft canning thing wait have- what wait what? yeah i didn't know about this oh i'm sorry <laughs> i was yeah. about to i brought the you. cans last time you know I, i'm looking was- at jimmy he knows about this old news for jimmy, jimmy. I, I was <laughs> jimmy <laughs> from jimmy guess what jimmy. oh yeah, yeah. nobody like- ever nobody talks to me uh, i just told one jimmy I, f- I figured you guys had a network or something you follow at kelso beer <laughs> at beer underscore sessions at you know we can do the at talk but uh, at what so what <laughs> i learned was that You're you guys were the me. first <laughs> the first what is in this homebrew? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm starting to see Jimmy's everywhere. No, it's it's coconut, dude. Coconut fermented ah, becomes so crack. <laughs> so and my buddy, guy. our buddy Chris Kuzme, last month he did this uh, wild fermented kind of afternoon, and he made a, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a cocoa coconut beer, which was pretty good. So your buddies in. Uh, what is that place called? Marquette, Michigan. Black Rocks, Black Brewing. Rocks Brewing. Yeah. And Chris Kuzmi and Eric are all using coconuts. But coconut, right. when you ferment it, becomes crack. <laughs> Evidently. <Kids. laughs> and, uh, they, that that should be on the label somewhere along the about line. About homebrewing, <laughs> how old do you have to be to homebrew? Do you have to be 21? Oh, that's great. No, no. no, that's why. That's how. Yeah. Un- incidentally, that's how I started brewing, was homebrewing. <laughs> oh, like, that's yeah, right, so, because yeah. you only have yeah. to be 18 to homebrew, right? You don't even have to be 18 to homebrew. You home can be brew. whatever. You just can't drink it. Right. You know. Supposedly, <laughs> you know, so, quote, but, you know that's why I started homebrewing. Was was a friend of mine who said, "Hey, why don't we just go make beer this weekend instead of trying to buy it somewhere?" I was like, "What?" We, <laughs> so we, so we, we went down to the homebrew shop and had this really interesting adult 
you know, conversation with this guy about making beer, which was kind of, it was, it was really remarkable. And then we just buy the malts and the hops and go home and, f- you know, ferment it out. And then, you know. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah. we of course can, we couldn't drink it. You we know, can illegal. do this? That would be illegal. So we, we got to start a project, <laughs> get, getting kids to make homebrew instead of like, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever. That sounds like a winning, a winning yeah, project. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll get we'll get mad to sponsor it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of issues, and we, you know we've got a new mayor. Mayor Bloomberg was great for five years. He, he helped us declare for twelve that, years. He did, but he for five years he declared that July was Good Beer Month in New York City. So, so it's, it's only for in beer years. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and I will say, under Mayor Bloomberg's rule, 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 we uh, saw Brooklyn breweries stay in Brooklyn and expand. And we've seen the growth of all these great new breweries in, in Brooklyn. So I would okay. say, cheers to Mayor Bloomberg. did a great job. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, I will mayor say Mike. that. And he really was was a great mayor for everybody. Um, but, Kelly, you know, with Beer Week coming up, I mean, you guys are, like, doing everything. I mean, you, you've got a great brewery. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Beer Week's doing, coming up. So what's going on with Beer Week? We got it. We've got a, lot, got a lot of great stuff. Well, the uh, opening party is uh, February 21st at Grand Central Terminal in Vanderbilt Hall. Oh, wow. Um, look for your you – know, buy tickets now at nycbeerweek.com. Right. So it's, it's, we're going to basically have an 800-person beer festival in Grand Central. Not just a Grand Central, the Grand Central Terminal. One of the coolest places <laughs> in the planet. Pretty much. With great yeah. beer. Yeah, exactly. And Amazing. we're going to be tearing that up on a Friday night So you're going to have all, in, the, in all of the New York City breweries. Uh, all the New York City breweries. breweries. So we're going to have uh, a, a lot of New York State breweries. We're going to have a lot of out-of-town breweries. Um, then there's you know ten days worth of beer events. Uh, Brewers' Choice in the middle on February 26th uh, will be a we big, should, a we big should part pump of. that up because yeah. Yeah. that's the granddaddy of them all. It's the fourth year. Well, uh, it's it's a big one. Beer <laughs> Radio know. and Dave Broderick <laughs> and Ray Zeter. Everybody yeah. was behind. Yeah, that. it's, oh, it's, right. a, it's a big up. festival. Yeah, yeah. It's, and this year we'll be at the Wythe Hotel. The Wythe Hotel, in, in and, and we're going to be using uh, New York State ingredients at that festival. A lot of the breweries are going to be using ingredients. We had a great collaboration, Kelly and I, and June Russell from. From uh, Grow NYC, uh, we've been talking now for almost four or five months about yeah. about bringing in uh, some local locally grown grains that are malted at Valley Malt. Yeah, so there's and, like uh, there's craft malt houses now that take locally grown grain and malting them in small batches, floor wow. malted. You know, so we're getting a hold of these grains, and Captain Lawrence is getting a hold of these grains. A lot of New York State Empire Brewing Company is getting a hold of them, and we're making beers with. Uh, we just we're releasing a beer for Beer Week uh, with Edible Magazine. Uh, which is made with 75% all New York State grain. Some grain grown by malt houses themselves. Uh, you guys uh, as Kelso or as the uh, Kelso? As, yeah. yeah, Kelso. And then Empire uh, Empire Brewing Company is doing a lot of 100% uh, New York State beers. So a lot of breweries are really getting on top uh, onto that, and we're really promoting that for. Wait, so for tell New us York about brewery. this. This on. So tell us about the edible. Well, we, we, we're, we're doing, you know, Edible Magazine is a, is a, a national magazine that has a lot of uh, local chapters, and um, it, it features, uh, the promo- it promotes uh, locally sustainable food, and um, locally grown, locally sourced, that kind of thing, and uh, not necessarily organic, because organic can be kind of overrated, <laughs> you know, um, and we're, we're doing a, a beer with them every quarter. This is going to feature a certain local ingredient of some sort, whether it's uh, malted grain or raw grain or hops or fruit or whatever. Uh, We're going to be featuring that in the beer and then just talking about the the full grain to glass um, of that. So it's about local for Kelso this year. That's like your thing for the year. Well, Kelso's thing in general is beer helps. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and and, when we, and and not just it, it helps uh, get through uh, radio shows that can be kind of confusing and disjointed. <laughs> you know, other this radio is the best radio show <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah, which is a good thing. <laughs> you know, but it, it can also uh, it, it's also trying to get give back to the community, which uh, most microbreweries do. Yeah. Most microbreweries are very involved in the community. They do brewers, a lot of charity work. Brewers make great neighbors. They they do, but you don't necessarily hear of that very often. So we're we're trying to. Promote not you know, just Kelso's beer helps. Brewers make great mayors. Brewers do make great mayors. And, in, yeah, some cases, governors. Governors. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in some cases, yeah. governors. Yeah. Is that Hicken, if you're, if you're, who are you talking about? Hickenlooper? Well, Hickenlooper, well, yeah. And his buddy from if the, a, if a the brewer is pizza a governor, and brewery in uh, Washington you know, State. 50% of the time, if, if a, a, a brewer is a governor, marijuana is legal. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that's a whole different show. I'm just that throwing that down there. That's a whole different. Well, it just kind of is an interesting statistic. I, you, you know what? That's <laughs> I just pulled out of something. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wipe it off first. That's yeah, wipe it off. I like this. But New York City beer week's coming up. Homebrew Alley's coming up. Uh, give us a last plug for your new bar in Bed Stuy, Ben. 
Uh, let's see, Gloria Baldi over at 502 Franklin Ave. Uh, this coming Saturday, January 11th, uh, we have a charity drive for an organization called NOMI, N-O-M-I. You can see them on all social media. And um, that's uh, a direct action network that helps women in uh, developing third world nations. We'll be de- uh, devoting... Um, Donating a dollar for every pint of Narragansett lager we sell. And on the 14th, we have uh, trivia with Bearded Ladies and Brooklyn Brewery. So that's what's coming up over there. And uh, we have a whole lot of other events at the other bars, but maybe I should pass the mic around. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm, s- I'm still thinking about trivia with Bearded Ladies. That's sort of <laughs> oh, changing my life right now. I don't know. It's- Kind of interesting. Well, you turn off the lights. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Oh, no. So, Liz and Chris, give us a quick shout-out for just – are you part of a CSA? Hey, I want to let you know that the only reason I said it was okay for my husband to have a kegerator is because he said it would save us money. Uh, and does it? Uh, does it? No, it doesn't. Did it save you money? <laughs> on, only on the seltzer bill. <laughs> and one more guy. Kelly, you brought you brought this guy, Jim. He's a industry guy. Just he, he followed me. Give us a shout-out. Tell us your name and what you do. Uh, my name's Jim McFillin, and I am privileged to work with Kelso and Kelly Taylor, uh, a true pioneer. So I'm very fortunate. Um, and what's your job? And I go out there and sell. I promote. Um... You know, I get as much information as I can from Kelly, uh, him taking me under his and you, wings. And you kind of have a rock star voice, too. You, you, sound, like, <laughs> you, you. sound like you'd be singing in ACDC or something. Right. Once, well, he, he was a machine gunner in the Marines. Ah. You know, so I was like, I like that. Just kind of just shoot and go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, it does right, make for uh, good beer, that's for sure. <laughs> it makes for good beer drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, so, that's who I am, Jimmy. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. Right on. All right. Yeah, cheers. Okay, well, guys. I want to say thanks for coming on the show. It's the first show of 2014. That's a good way uh, to start off 2014. Yeah, man, right? Jimmy? Well, cheers to everybody. Great show. And again, start thinking about New York City Beer Week. Yeah. You know, the kickoff at Vanderbilt Hall of, of uh, Grand Central. That's pretty awesome. I, that's I like an I mean, iconic that's, New York event. Yeah. You know, check then, that you know, out. And then, you know, the Brewer's Choice in the middle of the week is, is a great event. Uh, we're doing events uh, at uh, some old beer tunnels in Bushwick, uh, Crown Heights, uh, with... Uh, um, a couple different groups, and we're doing uh, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're doing beer dinners, uh, Applewood, and and uh, Blue Ribbon restaurants. And yeah, no, it's, it's going to be nice. Gonna be, I know our, our buddy uh, Chris Kuzmi at Five Wake Gasterbury wrote in and said uh, there's cask a lot. He's doing a festival of uh, New York City cask condition ales as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff. But I, I'm going to give one more plug: uh, New York City Brewers Choice. Check it out: nycbrewerschoice.com. We get behind it. Beer Sessions Radio. Dave Broderick, Blind Tiger. Um, it's a real special event and thanks for Kelly and uh, Growing YC for working on that right and on. guys everyone thanks for coming in I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal as well and you can find us on uh, Twitter at beer underscore sessions and also don't forget our, our network is Heritage Radio Network check it out at Heritage under, underscore network Radio, whatever. <laughs> Coconut wow. beer. We've been on for a few weeks. Happy New Year, everybody. So thanks to uh, Jimmy, Kelly, Ben. we got Liz and Chris, Jim, everybody for joining me here on the Heritage Trade Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Maggie Seiden, and Justin Kennedy, and our engineer tonight, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All Cheers. right. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Woo. Happy 2014. 2014. Yo. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.